Hey, my name's Julia, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I left my full-time clinical dietitian job to pursue freelance work, and now I'm showing you how to do the same. If you want to learn how to make money freelancing, you're in the right place. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. We are cruising into the final week of Nutrition Month, I can't believe it. It really flew by. I hope that the podcast episodes so far have been really inspiring for you. I mean, historically, spring is a season for new beginnings. And so maybe some of those RD stories inspired you to begin your freelance journey. I don't know, but I think that would be really cool. I started last March. It was exactly a year ago when I first started to get really serious about freelancing. So something in the air this time of year that just really motivates you to break out of that winter cocoon and just try something new. Today on the show, I am bringing on a guest who is actually a listener of the show. And that's how we intro- that's how we met. Our- she had messaged me on Instagram saying, hey, I listened to the podcast. It really motivated me. And I started to freelance. And she told me that just based off of the content I had shared on the podcast, she'd already secured some clients on Upwork and she was so far successful. And I just thought, wow, that would be really inspiring for other listeners to hear from her. Because on one hand, I love bringing on the guests who are already well ahead in their business careers, well ahead in their freelance journeys, because it's inspiring for the big picture. But when you're just starting out, there's also such a comfort and such a great like connection when you hear from other people who are in the exact same boat as you, and then they share maybe similar struggles, similar concerns, and then together, you know, you can brainstorm a little bit and come up with solutions so that everybody keeps moving ahead. And it's just like, yeah, we're in this together. So that's really why I wanted to bring this dietitian on the show, because when we all start At the beginning, it can be overwhelming, and it's just nice to hear that you're not alone. So let me introduce her. Her name is Bailey. She's a Canadian dietitian and also a chef who specializes in plant-based nutrition. She has worked as a dietitian on long-term care, primary care, retail, and food services. She currently lives in Collingwood, Ontario, where she works as a dietitian in long-term care, and she also runs her private practice, Harvest Table Nutrition. Let's bring her on the show. Welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast, Bailey. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know that you listen to the show and we've connected a little bit on Instagram and just chatting. Um, And you actually told me that you started to freelance after listening to some episodes. And I wanted to bring you on so that other listeners can hear your experiences and learn your wisdoms, because I think it's going to be very relatable for a listener to tune in to another listener. Before we get started, did you want to introduce yourself and share your RD journey with the audience? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Bailey. I am a dietitian who focuses on plant-based nutrition. Um, I think like most dietitians, it was a bit of like a convoluted path to get to where I am. I left high school and I was convinced I was going to be a vet. So I went to Guelph because I was like, obviously, that's where (laughs) anyone that wants to be a vet goes. And quickly realized it wasn't for me. I took my first nutrition course my second semester of first year and I loved it and I don't know how I hadn't been exposed to nutrition but I was like this is amazing it was like the perfect combination of like science and medicine and food Um, and I didn't even know a dietitian was a thing at that point so I took as many courses as I could until 
you know, I, they weren't electives anymore. I finished my degree and then I went to Brescia, which is affiliated with Western. And I did my nutrition and dietetics undergrad there. And then I applied to internship and I didn't get it my first round and that's okay. I spent a year just like building up my resume. And then I applied again and I got into the diploma program through Brescia and I did my internship there. And I remember everyone asking like, oh, you know, what area of dietetics do you want to go into? And it was probably easier to say, which area did I not want to go into? Which was like, I always said long-term care and private practice. And if you fast forward five years later, here Uh, I am doing both of those things. So never say no, because you might just end up really liking it. Sure. Yeah. Great stories. I, uh, I went to school in Guelph also, and my roommates were actually all veterinarians. And I definitely learned a lot about animals. And, you know, at Guelph, it's funny because obviously we have the vet program. So on campus, I remember people asking like, oh, you're studying nutrition. Is that for human or for animals? And I was like, thought they were just taking the piss out of me. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Of course it's for humans. But then I realized, oh yeah, they have this huge vet program there. So yes, it's their thing. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Great. And so now you're doing long-term care, you have your private practice. Um, and then also you started to freelance a little bit. So can you share maybe why you started freelancing? Sure. I didn't know freelancing was a thing until probably six months ago. I knew that dietitians wrote articles, um, but I was just like, oh, that's a thing they do because they're famous in the dietitian world. So right, like, yeah. obviously. I didn't know that anyone could do it um, until I started listening to your podcast. I remember driving from Toronto up to where I live, Collingwood. It's about two hours and I binge listened to every episode and I was like, oh my God, I think I could do that. I mean, like, why not? So I set up an Upwork profile um, and I think I just got into it because I want to work for myself being my own boss is the end goal. I love long-term care, but it's not, it's not where I want to be forever. Right. And so freelancing just provides another income stream and it's just something totally different, right? You can do so many different things. It's just like skills that I might not typically use in my day to day that I get to practice, which is, I think, super cool. Yeah. Very cool. And it's interesting what you said, how I agree, like you get the idea that only RDs with a strong media presence or like almost a degree of celebrity can be writing and publishing content online. Um, But then you're like, no, wait a second. I have the skills I can write. I have lots of nutrition knowledge. I mean, if writing is your jam, then absolutely. That's something that we can pick up. And I'm so glad you took the plunge there. And, Mm -hmm. and so we've chatted a little bit. So I know you did some writing, but you have interest in other areas of freelancing as well. So what are the projects that you've been working on or that you've completed so far? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm working on one right now. So for a kind of recurring client on, um, they have a pregnancy app. So I'm writing articles on uh, foods that are safe or not safe, kind of looking at the risks and benefits of certain foods um, for pregnant women, um, which has been really interesting because even though pregnancy is not an area I typically work in, it's just fascinating to, to learn more about it. I've also done just regular blog articles about fad diets. So like paleo was one. 
And I did a fun one about reviewing recipes that used kind of the same ingredient and then talking about the nutritional benefits of that, um, that food and kind of who it's appropriate for and how the recipes could be tweaked to maybe like better suit other dietary preferences. Cool. So mainly writing right now, but I definitely want to branch out into other forms of um, content. Mm -hmm. And I think you had mentioned recipe development was high on your list, which totally aligns with your background. I'm not sure if you mentioned your culinary background at the start. I didn't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm also a chef. I went to culinary school. Uh, I graduated a year ago. So I went like, I was there middle of COVID probably. It was a weird time for everyone. Um, Yeah. So I have culinary degree to add to my RD degree. Yeah. Which is kind of kind of neat. Yeah. Really neat. Absolutely. And a perfect marriage of skills. Absolutely. And so with that, I think you had said once like recipe development, I might've mentioned that one and getting more involved with the food end of freelance projects, right? Yes. I would love to do, I do recipe development for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my own website and blog, but I would love to do recipe development for other brands and for other people and just get into that world. Um, And there are so many opportunities on Upwork to do that, but I just, based on your um, kind of advice on looking for red flags, a lot of them seem very red flaggy. Yeah. And so I haven't found the perfect one yet. Yeah. Yeah. You have to sift through quite a bit. I'm glad that you're, you know, abiding that and steering away from any problematic ones because it's not going to be worth at the end of the day. Yep. But, but eventually you might be ready when you have time to, to graduate away and just go hunting on your own. I think it's excellent to maybe pick a brand that you really want to work with and then pitch to them. And I definitely have a couple kombucha brands. Cause I'm like a kombucha junkie. I just, I'm converted. I just love it. I don't even, I know the science is out. It doesn't really prove it helps our digestive health that much, but I just really enjoy it. So that's mm-hmm. how I started to pitch food brands. I just was like, what do I love eating? And what would I be proud to work with? So maybe that should be on your radar. I'm sure it already is, but. Yes, I do have a couple small-ish brands in mind Mm -hmm. that are things that I use in my day-to-day. I just haven't, I guess, like gotten the courage to do it yet. It is on my to-do list. Um, I even have like their contact information. I just haven't clicked send on the emails yet. Yes, you know, (laughs) and that's actually a great segue because I wanted to ask you, Cause I remember this being very anxiety provoking for me when I first sent my first ever pitch on Upwork and the person messaged me back. What was that like for you just emotionally or what was your process there? Oh, I remember I didn't want to read the message. It was one of those like, Oh, I, I don't know if I actually wanted this. Did I actually want to do this? Um, and then you're like, no, this is what I wanted. Like, obviously. So it's, it's a mix of excitement and nerves because you have no idea what you're getting into, Yeah, but it was exciting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and then, so I want to keep asking you a little bit about those. So like, and how did it do, feel when you were doing the work? And then when you submitted the work, how was that? I remember my first article, I probably spent double the amount of time on it than I, I needed to. The amount of times I proofread it, was ridiculous and I didn't end up changing anything, but I was just the type a perfectionist in me could not let me submit it. And I remember I did that thing where you submit it, then you like close your laptop and you walk away and you're like, no, I I don't, I I can't wait for their response. 
And obviously they had, they had good feedback. You know, they had nothing negative to say, but it's always so anxiety provoking. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I did it wrong. I did it completely wrong. It's hard. And it is totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very relatable experience to myself. I remember like closing my laptop pacing. I'm a pacer. So I just like yeah. circle around the room and then eventually I just had to be like, okay, get out of the house and do something else. Cause you're way overthinking this. But, you know, I think especially with anything that you're creating, it's always going to be a degree of subjectivity in the feedback. Mm -hmm. And that makes Mm -hmm. it also very difficult. So the more you practice putting yourself out there and knowing like, okay, I did a good job. They might give me a little bit of feedback, but hopefully it's in a collaborative way. Um, Mm -hmm. It does get easier. But yeah, I want to ask you about your first time because I remember being (laughs) like so like sick to my stomach, nervous, like way on the deep end. So I wanted to see how you felt. Yeah, the same. Yeah. And speaking about that, sounds like you had shaky legs. We both had shaky legs when we were in that moment, but we showed up anyway. And I think mm-hmm. it's inspiring to hear the different strategies of how you pushed past that and just motivated yourself to do the scary thing anyway. So do you have tips for other listeners or what works for you? Yeah, I am. I would say I have very thin skin. I'm, tr- I'm working on it, but I, I try not to take things personally, but I do because mm-hmm. yes, like you said, work, the work that you put into it's subjective. And, um, but you also put a lot of your time and effort into it and you obviously want people to like it. Um, so doing my own, you know, running my own business, I've learned that if you don't do the scary thing, you're not going to grow. Yes. You know, people aren't going to learn who you are. If you don't pitch them, reach out to people, send emails, make phone calls, set up meetings. If you don't do those, like the answer is automatically no. And if they do say no, okay, that's no for now. Maybe it's yes in the future, or maybe they say yes. And then something amazing comes out of it. So I, I always just think what's the worst in just doing the scary thing because something amazing could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Very positive. I love that. I, um, I think freelancing is a, a, a field of work where, action first and then thought later is actually rewarded, which can Mm -hmm. be, which can be a little bit against the grain for dietetics, because I think it tends to be a very calculated profession. I mean, we have our pathways, we have our best practices and that can be exhilarating to go into the Mm -hmm. other way and just do something and just say yes and be like, ah, you know what? I'll figure it out later. And it can kind of be addicting. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you do get this like thrill from doing things that you wouldn't usually do, right? If you put yourself out there and you're like, oh my God, this is so unlike me. Um, usually I, you know, I, I wouldn't do this. Or I wouldn't do that. And you do it and you're like, oh my God, oh, that felt, that felt exciting. And yeah, you do get addicted to it. You're like, I could do that again. No problem. And yeah. it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You start believing yourself. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's like, again, just so inspiring because on social media, it's always a highlight reel. And, you know, we see the Mm -hmm. highlights or the positives I meant to say, but it's nice to hear the inner workings of how you got there. I think that's even more important. It's wonderful to see people succeed, but the rest of us want to learn, well, what are the steps you took to get there? How did you get there? Yeah. 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 Okay. And I wanted to ask you if you have any tips for other maybe beginner freelance dietitians or people who are on the fence, have been considering it, um, what they could do to start their own freelance journeys? I think anyone can do it. So if they're on the fence, 
then it is totally possible. Um, I think just this, um, your podcast has set it up so nicely to make it just like a very easy process for anyone. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying it and seeing how it goes, right? You're not committed to it. Um, and again, it's not just all writing, right? There's so many other different forms of content um, and freelance work that you can do. And there are so many opportunities out there. So I think if it's something that you're considering, why not just try it? You might fall in love with it and you might be fantastic at it. And if you don't love it, that's fine. You tried it, you did it. There's no like what ifs, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah, perfect. And I just want to uh, indulge my own curiosity here a little bit. So what would be, and this is a loaded question, what do you think would be your, your long-term goal for your own business and becoming your own boss? Oh, what would be like yeah. the dream, like 10 years from now or 20 years from now? So my vision for my business, um, in my business, I do nutrition coaching. So one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching, um, as well as private cooking classes and group cooking classes. And so my vision is five, 10 years from now, just helping people cook, being like fully booked and so busy with people that just want to um, improve their cooking skills and go plant-based or learn how to improve their health through, you know, eating more plants and reducing their meat consumption um, and doing recipe development for myself and for other businesses, I think would be really, really cool. So I see myself freelancing in addition to my business, just because I don't want to lose some of those skills. Writing is not something I ever thought I was great at. And I still don't think like writing doesn't come super naturally to me, but it's not something that I do regularly in my long-term care job or my private practice. So being able to do it through freelance is really neat to practice it because otherwise it's not something that I get to do. Um, so it's definitely something that I want to maintain and just kind of like work my way up the ranks by getting more experience and getting bigger clients and working with brands that I really, really like and use myself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my vision. Yeah. I really liked that question. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And, and so it sounds like your, your primary interest would be in a like client forward role, like teaching in front of people. I mean, have you missed that during COVID? Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I worked in a nurse practitioner clinic. That was my first job. And I was there for three years and counseling is something that I love. It is, it can be emotionally draining, but I loved it. And so, uh, after I graduated culinary school, I thought, you know what, maybe I could go into private chefing and because there's a huge demand for that, but there's, I'm, it misses that educational component and interacting with people. Right. And the thing I love so much about dietetics is that we can provide that nutrition education that people can take and apply to their day to day life. Totally. So cooking for someone is fantastic, but I wanted to cook with them so that they can, you know, get more education and the hands-on skills as well as like the nutrition knowledge that goes with it. So yes, the education is so important to me and I've missed it a ton. So I'm glad that things are like finally starting to get normal-ish and like in-person is kind of getting normal again. -ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to feel like I'm, I'm getting that 
connection back. Yeah, that's great. That's so important. And I, again, just indulging my curiosity here as a plant-based dietitian, what is like the number one question people ask you? Oh, it is. Where do you get your protein? Oh, still come on. They haven't moved on from that. No, (laughs) I meet people and they find out I'm plant-based and they're like, Oh, how do you get your protein? Oh my gosh. Get out. Yeah, it is. It is still the number one question. Um, sometimes it's like, Oh, why? Which isn't a great second question, but, um, yeah. So yeah, those are still the The top two. Okay. I, I was, I was hedging my bets that it might be something iron related. So I'm kind of disappointed to hear that the world is still hooked up on the protein thing. No, it's protein. But yes. I mean, thank goodness you're doing that work and getting that messaging out there. Cause obviously there's still a huge gap in that education. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Okay. So that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about yourself and sharing your experiences. Did you want to drop any final notes with the audience or maybe share your social media so people can follow you? Sure. Uh, if people want to follow along, I, my Instagram is probably the best way to find or connect with me. So I'm harvest table nutrition on Instagram. I post all things like plant-based cooking food related, uh, or my website, which is harvesttablenutrition.ca. If you want to learn more about me and what I do. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. That wraps up our episode for this week. I realized that I was very excited talking to Bailey, and I think I called her inspiring about 80 million times. (laughs) So sorry about being repetitive there, but hey, I was caught up in the moment. Over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be releasing episodes that will only be me. I've received quite a few specific freelancing questions from listeners, and I want to make sure that I answer them thoroughly on the show. So it's just going to be me talking more about the business side of freelancing. It's also been just over a year that I opened Freelance Dietitian, which is pretty fun. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to go over some of the freelance advice and business advice I got when I first opened my business. And now a year later, look back at that advice and see if it still holds, if there was any advice that I just abandoned because I realized, okay, maybe that wasn't the thing I needed to hear to run my business or and I'm going to reflect and see if there's any advice that someone told me and I shrugged it off that I'd later regretted and that maybe I should have listened to earlier on so I'm going to do some reflecting I think it would be good for you guys to learn from my experiences and see what helped if you love the show please consider dropping a five-star review it really means a lot Uh, put a lot of work into the episodes for you guys I just want it to be as helpful as possible I am going to be bringing on a few guests later on this summer. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit more about freelancing in the tech space as a dietitian. Obviously, we know after COVID, there's a lot more opportunities in the digital space than we ever imagined for. So, So that'll be cool. And then in the fall, I'm considering doing a larger topic more about the direction that the that the dietetic career is moving in and how freelancing can support that. So I know that sounds kind of vague. It's because I'm still formulating it in my brain, but I really want to talk to maybe internship coordinators or higher education dietitians who've been in the field for a long time. And I want to hear them express maybe their thoughts about how the profession is changing and obviously relate it back to freelancing because I do think freelancing is a perfect example 
of how RDs can dabble in these new opportunities and new ways to find work. So, so those are kind of my thoughts for the season ahead. If you have a specific question, I mean, you're invited to send me a message on Instagram or through my website on the contact page. But otherwise, that's it for now. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.